Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Some of the best high school basketball in the Midwest is played right here in Southeast Wisconsin. It's time to hear from some of the best high school basketball coaches in the area. It's the Majerus Family Foundation Varsity Blitz High School Basketball Coaches Show. Presented by your local pick and save stores. Let's turn it over to the fan high school insider, big time, Mike McGivern. Uh, welcome to the Majerus Family Foundation Wisconsin High School Sports Show. Presented by your local pick and save stores on 1250 AM, The Fan. I have not been nervous for uh, one of these shows for a really long time. And let me explain why I'm a little bit nervous. So the Majerus Family Foundation is the title sponsor of this show. And I cannot thank them enough for doing this. Lori and, 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 and Jody um, have been just great to work with. And when we talked about them sponsoring the show, I explained to them that I wanted to be Rick Majerus. That's who I wanted. Some guys said I want to be Brad Pitt. Not me, man. I want to be Rick Majerus. Coached at grade school, coached high school, coached in the NBA. His, anytime you mentioned his name on any playground, people said, man, he was here. He was here last week. He did a clinic here. He did a coach's clinic, did a player's clinic. He just showed up when we had a run. We had 15 guys playing. He, uh, he showed up, started talking to our players. Hey, where do you play? What do you do? Stuff like that. And w- the legacy he has left in this community is far beyond the basketball court. But today, for these two hours, that's what we're going to talk about. But I can't do it without thanking the, the Majerus Family Foundation for giving me this opportunity to spend two hours with guys that that Coach Majerus made such an impact on their lives. We could we could go four, five, six hours. I know that because I've talked. The only person I've ever talked to for an hour on the phone is Reggie Harris, and he's in studio. And that includes my wife, my brothers, sisters, my mom, Reggie Harris, because he he just the love he's had he had for Rick Majerus and still does is incredible. Let me run down today's show. Eleven fifteen, Joe Hauser is going to join us. From my understanding, Joe was the lived next door to Rick, and he was the St. Seb's and Marquette High guy, and uh, Joe could straight up play. 
At 1045, Sidney Moncrief is going to join us, former Milwaukee Buck player. Everybody, I think, that listened to this show knows Sidney Moncrief. 11 o'clock, Earl Tatum. He's an All-American from Marquette, played in the NBA for five years, is going to join us. At 11.15, Jeff Jonas. Man, Marquette High all through this show, that's for sure. I'm a Mesmer guy, but I can do it. I can hang in there for two hours. Jeff Jonas is going to join us at 11.15. At 11.45, Kelly Sheehan is going to join us to wrap up the show. But in studio with me for the entire two hours, he is Reggie Harris. Reggie, it's nice to meet you in person. Hey, it's great to be here. Man, thank you so much for your help. I, I could not. There's no chance I could have done this without you. Um, and like I said, I've, I have not talked to anybody for an hour on the phone like I did with you. So thank you for your time. I let you get a word in every now and then as well. Man, well, <laughs> as soon as I said, tell me about Rick Majerus, um, th- this man had a huge impact on your life. Uh, that's for sure. You know, when people ask me about, well, what was it like with Rick? What kind of values did he instill? And I, I like to tell them along with our high school coach, Paul Nowak, and another assistant coach, Jim Smith, those guys provided a foundation for us, you know, something to lean back on. And you grab any former Hilltopper or ball player at Utah or Ball State, anywhere Rick was, mark at you, and they'll tell you real real quick that Rick was just a foundational piece. And, you know, 50 years later, I hate to say it, 50 years later, I still think about some of those lessons I learned from Rick. You know, thank you for teeing that up because that was going to be my question. When 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 you think about Rick and that, you know, I'm sure and we'll hear a lot of stories about practices and games and bus rides and restaurants and all of that. But when you shake all of that out, Reggie, you obviously, well, it's not obvious to anybody. It is to me. Very successful career that you've had. When you look back at the lessons that, that Coach Majerus instilled in you what's the first thing that comes to mind well I think the value of hard work but then you got to combine it with Rick would Rick wanted you to think think out there on the court there are many times we looked at the opponent and said they're bigger they're faster they're more athletic but we'll outthink them and we'll outwork them because if you're around Rick you're going to work hard when I say hard when you went to the next level you laugh after the first couple practices because his practices were, you know, look, I, I went to, to, to uh, when he was at coaching clinics and I coached for 36 years, I'd go and I, and I would pay to go and I would just maybe go there for that hour that he was speaking. And he talked a lot about holding kids accountable because that's when you're going to get the most out of them and, and teaching them the lesson of hard work. And he talked about that a lot when, when during clinics as he was doing defensive shell drills and doing all of the things that you would do at a clinic. But if you listen to his words as he was going between these drills, he would talk about you, you make sure that you hold your kids accountable and get the best out of them that you can, and they'll come back and thank you for it one day. And, and also what he drilled down into us, and we didn't know it at the time, but it was the value of peer pressure. When I was playing with Jeff, Felix Mantia, Jimmy Smith, Wayne Heidenreich, I didn't want to let those guys down because the whistle would blow and everybody's looking at you. You know what to do. Why didn't you do it? Execute, execute, execute. Hey, um, it, so then y- 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 when you move on into your professional life, how, how mu- th- that lesson of not letting your teammates, not letting your workmates, not letting your company down just carried on with you? All, all the way to today. 
when Jody called me, and I felt I'm the lucky one because this is way, way overdue. All the ball players know it. You know, I could run into someone from Ball State. We both nod. Yeah. You know, you just have that nod. I knew Rick. And so I just felt like I'm the lucky one because I get to represent all these guys today. Amen to that. Reggie, when you look at that guy from Ball State, is is it um, – look, we, we the lessons we learned from Rick, but you made it through. I made it through. He had a lot of respect for players that would, would work as hard as he asked them to, not pout, not, and obviously it's ups and downs. We know this as players and coaches. There are times that you as a player are not going to want to do that same drill all the time. The last year I coached Reggie, we did a no-walk no, no drill. It was a fifth, sixth grade drill, and we did it over at Martin Luther because, and when kids would complain, we'd say, look, when we get to the sectional finals, and up to state, we might not have referees from this area that understand our quickness. So we're going to do this no walk drill every single day. And I can tell you that kids after we won a state championship said, hey, coach, we didn't get we, we had no travel calls and our kids had quick feet. And so they would do that. And, and I'm sure when you looked at this, somebody from Ball State, it was, hey, you know what? You made it. We made it through. And Rick had so much respect for kids that did that. Yeah, and, you know, just to give you an example, we played during the summers. Everybody knows about Hart Park, Nuskera, these other places we played. And our summer league games were just like Catholic conference games. It was the same as if we were playing Don Bosco, if we were playing Mesmer. Mesmer. Thank you. Okay, well. <laughs> well, Mesmer had some great, great teams back, back in the day. And I'll tell you what, let's be honest, you know, you grew up pretty close to Mesmer. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was at 26 in Capitol and... <laughs> 16 blocks away, pal. Yeah, well, a funny story. Not many people know it. They said, why didn't you go to Mesmer? Well, when I was in eighth grade, I remember Marquette High was going through a renovation. And there were guys outside our at St. Agnes shooting buckets at 2.30, quarter to 3. And I just transferred into St. Agnes. And so I didn't really know what the landscape was, where you go to high school. You know, I'm a seventh grader, not thinking about anything. Right. Now I'm an eighth grader, and i got to make a choice. And these guys are out there shooting, and they seem to get a lot of respect, you know, big men on campus returning. And I said, well, how come they're out of school so early? Well, they're, they're going to market. The school's being renovated. So they let them out early twice a week. And I thought... That's where I want to that's, go to high school. That's the place. All I had to do was, if I was recruiting at Mesmer, is get you out early twice, <laughs> and, and I could have gotten you. Do you remember, and we didn't have this conversation, so if you don't, it's okay, but do you remember your first impression the first time you, 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 you uh, met Coach Majerus? Absolutely, and I think all of us do. Uh, so Felix Mantia and I are on the freshman team, and we couldn't play basketball worth the lick. We didn't go through the Majerus experience like Joe Hauser, Jeff Jonas, and others did in 7th and 8th. At St. Seb's. Absolutely. So Coach Noak is trying to figure out what am I going to do with these two very raw athletes. And Felix, you know, being the son of the former Major League Baseball player and all-star, you know, he had a little pedigree with him. I had, who is this left-handed guy that can't dribble and can't shoot? As Jeff and Joe will attest, and Bill Neary as well. Well, Coach makes us or asks us to stay after practice. So that's a great deal as freshmen. You get to watch the varsity. You get to watch Allie McGuire shoot around, sure. Jerry Holman, heroes to this day. So 
we stick around in there some games, seven o'clock or so, Market High evenings or Saturday. And I guard Rick because I was kind of quick. Rick wasn't necessarily the quickest guy out there, but he knew what to do. So coach wanted me to see how you play basketball based on guarding Rick and Rick guarding you. And that, that was my, at first it's kind of like, this guy's much shorter than me. He can't jump. But I got it oh, because I learned a great, great deal from Rick just watching him, how he moved up and down. Like you were talking about that silent drill. Yes. That's what it was like just watching Rick. You learn basketball. You know, I would uh, I would go over to Hard Park sometimes, right, um, just, just to watch some of the games. And I would watch Rick. And, it, you know, it'd be dead of, dead of summer, and he's sweating, and he's – but man, getting after it, kids on the side with no hoop, teaching kids how to drop step, teaching kids how to defend, put your arm here. You want to put your feet here, move your body here, use your body, young man. You've got and and I would watch him and go, man, it's the off season. He didn't have an off season. Oh, I can tell you, between our junior and senior years, when we would play in these games I was talking about. There'd be fathers with their sons that were in fifth, sixth grade. And years later, I met guys that said, I used to see you all on the playground with my father. So that, that was Rick's impact. The fathers might not have known too much about Rick because he wasn't known. But if you saw him working with your working with us, right? You, you'd say, I want some of that. A hundred percent. Hey, I got to thank Jody Majerus. You, you got here early. We got a chance to go through this bag that, that, that you brought. And these pictures, I, that picture of the St. Seb's team and that picture of, I don't know what grade he, Rick was in, in third grade, maybe. Um, and then kind of the progression of, of it. Um, I thank her a lot. Those were some pictures that Man, we're just dear to my heart because there's some pictures of people I know in there with him, and uh, I thank her for for allowing you to bring those. Oh, Jody's a wonderful lady, great ambassador for the family, and a great. good friend. Yeah, she is. She really is. And Lori Hoke um, is is phenomenal. We're gonna get to a break. Other side of the break, Joe Hauser could shoot it a little bit. Joe was, believe it or not, in the early days, late '60s. Joe Hauser was the LeBron James in Milwaukee. Don't let anybody. With a little bit of Earl Monroe thrown in and a lot of Rick Majerus as the foundation. Now I'm nervous to talk to him. Can he still shoot it, you think? Oh, Joe, once a shooter, always oh, a shooter. And you know what? Shoot to get hot, shoot to stay hot. That's what they say. He is Reggie Harris. Hey, 50 years ago, Marquette High, not a bad team, right? We, we, we were okay, yeah. We were. Undefeated? Yeah, we could have done a little bit better. How many than that. Division One players? Seven, eight of us. Seven, eight on a high school team. I Look, usually Marquette High guys aren't that humble, but look at Reggie Harris getting all I'm humble. Not, I'm not humble. You're don't, not humble. That, that was a really good team. That was a, We're going to get to Joe Hauser at 1045 Sidney Moncrief. At 11 o'clock, Earl Tatum. 1115, Jeff Jonas. And 1145 to end the show, Kelly Sheehan is going to join us. She is a niece of Rick Majerus. This is the Majerus Family Foundation Wisconsin High School Sports Show, presented by your local pick and save stores 
1250 AM, The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Selling a little... Or a lot. <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast so you should always know who you are you know what i mean that's the key in life you know i mean you really should know i mean like look i'm fat i'm bold I go out to pick up a girl, late at night, dark bar, she's drunk, I could get a three. Usually I'm in that nether world of ones and twos, okay? I know who I am. Welcome back to the Majerus Family Foundation with Scottson High School Sports Show presented by our local pick and save stores. Two hours of talking about Rick Majerus and um, first of all, the music is brought to you by Reggie Harris. You guys that know Reggie are all laughing because you know Sly and the Family Stone. We are now joined. I-, I didn't call him this. A lot of pressure on this man right now. 
Reggie Harris said he was the LeBron James of his time. No, Here. no, Joe Hauser. Yeah, was the, that's who I'm talking. Okay. Our next guest, the LeBron James of, of his time. Joe Hauser, did, has anybody ever called you the LeBron James of your time? Well, that's a, that's a, a, a new one on me, but thank you very much, Rich. I think, I think a little bit between Earl Monroe and Pete Maravich was more more of my, my uh, starlet goals. Hey, Joe, I'm going to start with each of our guests. I, I'm going to start when, when you think back. Now that you know we're all grown, we're 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 men, we're in the business world, we're doing the things we do. When you think back of Rick Majerus, um, and not so much on the basketball court, but I think in life, what do you think about as far as the lessons that he taught you? Well, you know, to talk about Rick, I think the first thing you have to talk about is his dad, Ray Majerus, and Ray was a uh, incredibly successful union organizer who really believed in Rick and was a great, great mentor to Rick and expected great things for Rick. And Ray was a very competitive man, and he instilled that competitiveness in Rick. And uh, uh, Ray, Ray took his backyard and put a pitching mound in it and a, and a home plate so that Rick could learn to be a pitcher. And uh, uh, Rick really emulated his father's desire to win and achieve and do and it was very much against all odds and and uh and that that was transferred to me as his next door neighbor hey so i i would assume that that he'd be out there at 7 a.m on a saturday morning throwing off the mound that is correct and he <laughs> and rick threw that ball he threw nothing but smoke but could never never do a curveball so his father worked with him for hours in trying to get that ball to curve. And from from what I know, Mike, it never did curve. But he threw it so hard, no one could hit it anyway. So, hey, hey, Joe, can I ask you when you know you look back and 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 you look back at at his life and where he coached and and the things that he accomplished growing up next door to him. Did did you expect that from him, or was that just a, a surprise as far as just how hard he worked to get to the places that he got to? Yeah, you know, Rick, n- never count out the uh, uh, the story is never count out the chubby guy on the end of the bench. I think a lot of people told Rick, you know, you should be a football player. You know, look at you. You're a football player, not a basketball player. But Rick loved with a passion. He loved basketball. That was his game. And our driveway happened to have a hoop. uh, Next door, they did not have a a driveway and a hoop. So it turned out that Rick would practice basketball in our backyard or in our driveway. And so so my deal was going out there and watching him and then all of a sudden starting to play and then all of a sudden a few pickup games there. And uh, and Rick was determined. He practiced morning, noon, and night to be a basketball player. And he was never really able to become a great, great basketball player based on his physique. And um, I think he was determined when he looked at the kid next door, he said, well, this kid seems to have the physique of a basketball player. <laughs> so he said, okay, Joe, this we're going to be basketball players. And uh he proceeded to work with me uh, 365 days, 24-7. I had to practice five hours a day. That was the minimum. And I would be doing those drop steps you talked about, crossover moves, uh, uh, 
morning, noon, and night in that backyard, and then on to uh, New Scarra Playground, Hart Park, uh, uh, Franklin Square. I wanted to bring up Franklin Square because he would uh, we'd get on the bus and go down to Franklin Square so I could play against players that were more close to my uh, skill level. When when you did that and you got off the bus at Franklin Square and and, and went to play, um, did Rick know people there, or was he just like we're going there because that's where the players nope. are? Nope. Rick just introduced himself and say, "Hey, we it, Rick and I." I tell this story. Rick and I were always hoping for nine players or fourteen players or or nineteen players because we were always the last guys. Well, we'll just let them. We'll just let them play. There's a great stories of the old Marquette University gym, the old gym, remember, with the track yep, around the top sure. of it? Um, and so at the Marquette gym, there was a guard there, Mike, a security guard, that was guarding the gym to go into the, to the locker room and gym. But I went up and pretended I was a ROTC guy, along with a lot of players who I'll mention later. I went upstairs. I went out the open window walked across the roof to the other open window that let you into the gym and the track above. And down there in, in that old Marquette gym were some of the greatest pickup games. I was a seventh grader, and I'm in pickup games hoping for nine guys, hoping they need another guy. And so was Rick to get into those games. And in those days, I played with no less than Clarence Sherrod, Freddie Brown, Blanton Simmons, Johnny Johnson. And then those games got so good that all of a sudden, this was the early years of the Bucks. Oscar Robertson, Guy Rogers, Lenny Chapel would show up, and I'm just hoping they got they need one more guy. And back in those days, because I always was hanging out with Rick, my uh, my name was Little Rick, and they said, <laughs> "Okay, we'll take Little Rick." So if we had three teams, I'd always hope that they had one. They needed one more guy. Now, here I am, a seventh grader in 1968, you know, playing in a five-on-five with Clarence Sherrod, Freddie Brown, Johnny Johnson, the whole game. And so that was my early exposure from hanging around with Rick Majerus. And now, Mike, you see why I say the LeBron James? Yeah. You know, yes. Because some of your listeners, you say Earl Monroe, they don't, well, Pete, but this is what Joe was doing. I can tell you a story. I'm at Marquette High on the freshman team. We think we're, you know, we're, we're pretty good. And we find out St. Sebastian's is coming to scrimmage us. And I'm thinking, I don't even know where St. Seb's <laughs> right. is. And it's like, why are we playing some eighth graders? And they say, they got Joe Hauser. And they come into the lock, you know, they come in and they've all got their military issue haircuts. And they come out and they go into the layup line. And, you know, normally, you know, you're thinking eighth graders, they're kind of lollygagging, giggling. They marched out there and they knew how to, they're right-handed primarily, they knew how to do layups with their left hand. And you know how big that was back then. And who was leading the pack? LeBron Hauser. Yeah, LeBron. <laughs> Little Rick, as is, is, is they call him. What's the age difference? Um, what was the age difference with you and Rick? Well, um, Rick was, uh, when he was uh, working to get on the freshman team at Marquette University, I would have been in seventh grade. So, you know, about a six-year, six, seven-year difference. And, and that's an interesting thing because Rick would go and 
play on the freshman team at Marquette U, and then afterwards we'd be sitting at St. Seb's, and he would come and teach us the exact same things he learned from Hank Raymond's, who was Hank Raymond's was huge in Rick's basketball coaching development, right? Not so much Al. We all know that Al was a you know was a gamesman, but Hank Raymond's broke the game down, understood it so fundamentally well, and Rick transferred that. Uh, knowledge that he learned in co- in college basketball down to where six seven I Rick coached me in six seventh eighth and ninth grades. That was four long years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how did you guys do in the Padre Sarah? Well, I don't know what that that, is. that eighth grade uh, is. It maybe it's not the Padre. Maybe it wasn't called the Padre Sarah. That Saint, the, the Catholic Saint tournament Saint at the end of eighth grade. We played, I remember, in the St. Josephat tournament, and, uh, um, well, it wasn't even fair. You know, when when, when we were seniors at Marquette High, it wasn't fair. We were playing against kids who were learning basketball, and they were up against five guys who knew basketball, who commanded basketball, and was almost a little bit like the Globetrotters playing the Washington Generals my senior year of high school. We were just so, so much more savvy and so, you know, so better experienced that those guys really never had a chance, Mike. Hey, hey, Joe, when, when, uh, when he would come over to St. Seb's and, 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 and coach you guys, what were those practices like? Because in that first segment, we talked about you know him talking about holding kids accountable and getting them to work as hard as they can and teaching them lessons through that. Um, but he was, I mean, I mean, he was very young, obviously, when he was coming to St. Seb's to do that. How difficult did he make those practices? The most difficult you could ever imagine, Mike. Uh, we didn't know that part of basketball practice was jumping over benches and then crawling under the next one and jumping over the next bench. Uh, and those practices were three-hour practices, but, of course, they limited Rick in um, gym time that, uh, that we couldn't get the gym. You know, Rick needed three hours a day for our practice and development, and they basically said, no, we've got, you know, girls' teams and guys' teams and stuff. You, you guys have the... So that was fine because Rick said, tomorrow we're having to practice at the same time, but bring a shovel. So there we are on 53rd Street between Washington Boulevard and uh, Vine Street. Shovel. The first half hour of practice was 15 kids shoveling off the uh, court, the half court on St. Seb's Playground, and a little ice underneath it, so that made you get down a little lower in your stance so you wouldn't slip on the ice, and we would shovel that playground in order to have practice. Man, that's – I'm telling you, those are – look, I didn't know that story, but I, if I would think about it, that doesn't surprise me at all. Reading uh, up on a number of things and, and, and some things that uh, Reggie sent me and, and looking at the obit – from Rick Majerus, one of my favorite lines on it was um, one of the funniest people around uh, often uses his own personal life stories to put a smile on others' faces. Thus, his book entitled My Life on a Napkin became a bestseller. Everyone considered Rick Majerus their best friend. We're going to continue our conversation with Joe Hauser. 
after Joe, 10.45, Sidney Moncrief, 11 o'clock, Earl Tatum, Jeff Jonas, and Kelly Sheehan are going to join us as we continue to tell stories about Rick Majerus. This is the Majerus Family Foundation, Wisconsin High School Sports Show, presented by your local pick-and-save stores. On 1250 AM, The Fan. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Again, brought to you by Reggie Harris. Now, he's doing all the bumper music today, so you might hear a little bit more Sly and the Family Stone, maybe some Motown coming up. Welcome back to the Bajeras Family Foundation, Wisconsin High School Sports Show, presented by your local Pick and Save stores. We're talking Rick Majerus today. We're talking two hours of, of Rick and the, and the lessons that he learned, and we're telling some stories about him. Reggie, we had talked about him as a strategist, as an as a in-game coach, um, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, Rick was, I mentioned earlier, you know, the big thing was you got to think on your feet if you're playing with him. But when he would go scout teams, he'd come back with reports, and we we had it figured out. So, you know, you're talking to guys, you know, hyper smart like Jonas or Gary Rosenberger, Bill Neary, Felix, that teams would come down court trying to run their plays we knew their plays. We knew what their options were. We knew tendencies. Another example, when he gets to Marquette, early on, you know, he's doing whatever he can to help Al and Hank make that team even better. And one example is they were playing Memphis State, I believe it was, and they had a superstar on their team, a kid by the name of Larry Finch. What Rick noticed is when Finch went up for his jump shot, he had a very distinct jump shot, maybe like a Reggie Miller, somebody like that. But what he would do is he would land about 8 to 10 inches in front of where he went up for the jumper. So a player would tend to kind of back off. You know, he would be a little startled. Well, Rick just told uh, Marquette High or Marquette you guys, look, get right up on him. Don't try to block the shot, but just get yourself established, and he's going to land on you. Game starts, two quick offensive fouls. Finch is, you know, trying to figure out what's wrong. Took him out of the game with that simple observation. Man, you know what? And, and look, as a basketball coach, to see that and to, to then implement it and have it work, um, that uh, especially when kids kind of do what you're asking them to do. Hey, uh, Joe, where did you end up playing in college? I played on a freshman team at Creighton University. I After... Uh, uh, four or five years of under Rick's tutelage, I decided I was old a- as a freshman in uh, college and was done playing basketball. I just wanted to go to school. But I know I happened to know that Rick called the coaches there at the time was Eddie Sutton and a guy by the name of Tom Brosnahan. And he told them, there's a guy on your campus that can help your team. So I actually got a call from those two coaches and says, why aren't you coming out for basketball? Of course, I wasn't a scholarship player. I got a couple of offers from places like St. John, St. Thomas, but I was a center of my high school team. However, I could play guard, but I didn't. And um, 
So I, I played at Creighton University. Did um, the 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 I, I would assume that at Creighton that you followed Rick's um, career and watched as as you know he went into college and took some some programs and it took him to a whole different level. Were you still able to keep in contact much with him? I was, I was, and I told him when Creighton came to play uh, Marquette U, I said, Rick, we got a pretty good team. Now, I was on the freshman team, not the varsity. I said, Rick, watch out. Creighton's got a good team. He says, Joe, there's no way that five farm boys from Nebraska are going to knock off the Marquette Warriors in the Milwaukee arena. And if you check the stats, that's in fact what happened. Creighton beat Rick. I hitchhiked to Milwaukee from Omaha to see the game. And uh, Creighton knocked off uh, Marquette that year. That would have been, oh boy, I think uh, 1973. Hey, what what was he? What was Rick like um, as a coach, even at the grade school level, after you guys lost a game? Well, that was <laughs> that was horror. Um, <laughs> um, Reggie, you're shaking your head. No one, no one was more competitive and needed to win more than Rick Majerus. I want to tell a story about how Rick uh, saved his first coaching job at St. Sebastian's. Uh, Rick, there we were on the playground playing uh, at the noon hour, and the day before, one of our eighth graders, I was in seventh grade, one of our eighth graders had had a fight at Stralo's Grocery Store on Lloyd Street and beat up a kid from Stuyven Junior High. And so the next day, a bunch of uh, Stuyven Junior High kids that you know that, that showed up at, at noontime at St. Sebastian's to take revenge on the St. Seb's kids. So there we were playing on the playground, playing basketball on the playground. All of a sudden, there's a bunch of kids here, and they start picking fights, and they're wrestling us to the ground, beating us Look, down the street dribbling between his legs, trying to do it a hundred times in a row without without uh, interruption, was Rick Majerus. He sees that um, we're, get, you know, we're under siege here by a bunch <laughs> of older kids, and Rick jumps in the fight, starts throwing kids left and right, and the kids ran off. Well, the, the parents had, had gotten together and said, this coach is radical, he's crazy, he's coaching our kids too much, they're playing at 10 below zero, they're having practice on the playground, on a snowy playground, you know, this is too much for our kids, and, uh, and the parents were a little divided, is this, is, this, is this coach too much for these kids? Well... Once he saved the playground, and there was the nun out there, and Rick is the, the nuns were trying to get in the middle. Rick get in, broke up the fight, and at that point, they said, "Well, we can't fire this guy as our basketball coach. He just saved the kids on the playground." And that's how Rick survived his first coaching job at Saint Sebastian. Hey, Joe, I okay, I love that story. And look, I in in the world we live in today. Right, it's kind of like well, you've got you, there's some things that that I did as a coach back then that I'm sure Rick did that that people might frown upon. You as a player who went through it, not as a parent but as a player, uh, the, the things that he had you guys do helped you throughout your entire life. Absolutely, and you know when when you look at kids today and the way uh, youth sports are today, all the emphasis is on the games. 
not on the practice. And Rick did not believe in that. He said he believed you you play and practice five hours a day, not in games, not for your parents, but for you to become a better player. And his whole emphasis was on skill development and and being the best player you could possibly be, not so much showcasing your talents in games. You know, he he certainly was uh, uh, ahead of his time in that, you know, the select teams and elite teams that we have today, they're, they don't practice. They play a lot of games, but they don't practice. We, we spent the same amount of time, but it was more in development not so much in showcasing, and th- and that's the way Rick was. Joe Hauser, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your willingness to come on and 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 just share some stories about Rick Majerus and what he meant to you. Being uh, that that you lived right next door to him and having a hoop up there, I love the fact that Rick said you got you're going to play for five hours if you want to be a basketball player and to be the best player you can. This is the way we have to do it. And uh, those, again, those coaching clinics that I went to, and I when I went to watch him a couple of times at the Penn and Mike Club, and he he would tell these stories about his life. A lot of them, when you listen to what he talked about, were the lessons that he was teaching kids. And he is a Milwaukee guy, Joe. And that's why I just loved watching any team he was coaching. I would do whatever I could to watch that team play. Hey, Joe, thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. Happy 4th of July, you and your family. Hey, thanks, Mike. And, and, and if, if anything, I would think that the, the lesson of Rick Majerus would be, you know, hug your kids, expect the most out of them, and don't be afraid to encourage them and expect greatness, you know, and 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 expect them to be the best they can be with whatever they had you know rick said you got to know your place in life roles in life and and that's that's the 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 lesson of rick majerus that you know be the best you can be whatever you are there it is that he is joe hauser joe thanks a lot we're going to get to a break other side of the break sydney moncrief is going to join us this is the majerus family foundation wisconsin high school sports show presented by our local pick-and-save stores on 1250 AM, The Fan. But it was their defensive consistency throughout, even though we got down eight, that really saved the day for them. And you don't need a lot of poison composure to play defense. You need a lot of passion and energy, and they provided that last night. That was Rick Majerus. Don't need, need a lot of passion to play defense. And uh, he truly believed that. Welcome back to the Majerus Family Foundation, Wisconsin High School Sports Show, presented by your local pick-and-save stores. On 12:50, AM, the fan, I'm Mike McGivern. In studio with me is Reggie Harris. I want to thank Joe Hauser for a couple of segments. We are now joined by former Milwaukee Buck Sidney Moncrief. Uh, Sidney, how are you doing today? Hey, good morning. Keep Rick alive. I like that. Love Amen. It. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great, and and thank you for joining us for a segment. Um, when when you think back, and this is my first question for all our guests, Sydney. When you think back of the time that you spent with Rick, uh, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Innovation, reinvention. Rick was doing pretty well in college, and he wanted to reinvent and get better at his craft. He did what very few coaches would do he went from college 
and uh, went with Don Nelson and that great staff, good players. He learned a lot about the game of basketball. So I just think reinvention, I think caring because he cared for people. He connected well with people. Uh, passion, he talked about passion, certainly passionate about what he, what he did on the basketball court and off the court. Yeah, I thank you for saying that because I again we're talking a lot about basketball today, and we could we could do a whole different two hour show about just that part of Rick, how much he cared for our community, cared for the city of Milwaukee, for the country, and and how much he helped, you know, kids from any neighborhood, you know, he, it didn't matter to him what neighborhood, um, city to go from from a grade school coach to a high school coach to a college coach, and then the NBA. You've got to be able to kind of change how you coach and deal with players. What what was that like? Do you think for him to go from being able to coach seventeen, eighteen, nineteen year old kids to coaching grown men that this is their living? And he, I think he would have had to tone down a little bit of what how he would normally approach coaching the game. Yes, you could see Rick made the adjustment. It did not seem difficult for him to make the adjustment to maybe in-your-face type coaching that you would do in high school, possibly in college. The NBA, now the players are obviously older. I'm not saying we're more mature, but certainly older. <laughs> and you, <laughs> and you, ha- you had to make that adjustment. You had to deal with personalities a little different. He was really the best mix for that coaching staff because he had humor as part of his personality. He could lighten up an environment that could be tense, be it practice, game, what have you. And I thought that was his unique characteristic with that coaching staff. Hey, um, Reggie, when, when, when Sidney talks about the humor side, we haven't talked about too much about that side of Rick, but that was a big, big part of who he was. Oh, absolutely. And he'd do some things to make a point that were, frankly, hilarious. I can recall my junior year, I fairly quick, so I always wanted to steal the ball. And Rick was trying to pound into my head, look, you're going to run into guys faster, quicker. They got everything on you, kid. But I was determined. You know, I was just going to use my quick hands to steal the ball. So I was a lot of times out of position. So Rick comes to practice, and he's got about – two feet of rope and so what he does is he ties both of my wrists together and I had to play defense that entire practice with my hands you know I couldn't move my hands right so he broke me of that habit you know it's like I I don't want the guys spreading any more stories about you know I can't learn something so Rick would find a way to drive that point home so you had to use your feet you had, to, you had to move your feet and, and, and defensively had to get yourself in the correct position. And keep my hands where yeah. your hands should be. I wish, I, would have, I wish he would have shown that drill at one of the coaching clinics I went to because I would have used that because I had a bunch <laughs> of kids I couldn't break of, of that. Hey, Sidney, when, uh, when you think about um, the years that, that he was with the Bucks and, and the, the obviously in game, but it was, it was after the game and it was, it was during practice and then the travel part of it, he would be the guy that I'd probably want to hang out with and sit with because not only the, the humor part of it, but then the, the intelligent part of, like, look, I'm struggling with this part of my game. And then I, I know that Rick always knew where the best restaurant was. Yes, he could. He could certainly find the best food, no doubt about that. It was a funny story where 
Rick Majerus, Nelly, they were on this diet. And we had Mike Schuler on the coaching staff, I think uh, Gary St. Jean, and they were on this diet, and they had promised not to eat a lot of food. And we get to practice one day, and Rick had just eaten a donut, right? And Nelly came in and said, Rick, have you had anything to eat? Have you eaten a donut or anything? And Rick shook his head, no. And there was, there was powdered sugar all over the front of his shirt. <laughs> 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 it, it, it was like the, the cartoon older people would know, Tweety Bird. Sure. Uh, the cat had eaten Tweety Bird, and the lady asked him if he had eaten the bird. And the bird tail was sticking out of the cat's mouth, and the bird went, no, I had not. Just shake his head, no. <laughs> that was Rick Majerus. But also, Rick could, as a player, and, and back then you didn't, and Reggie, you know this, you didn't get complimented a lot. Coaches didn't. They expected you to perform and wasn't any way to go, that a boy, God, you got better at this. You didn't get there a lot. You got just driven-type coaching. Rick did come in and give us a little bit more inspiration and compliments when you did things on the court. He was that voice on the sideline that could say, hey, that was a nice play you just made. Just keep going. That made a tremendous difference in our ball club, and I think that that probably was overlooked about his personality. He was encouraging. He was, he had an encouragement side of him, especially in the NBA. So that, as an assistant coach, did he have a lot of that as a head coach, Reggie? Uh, yeah, he did, but sometimes the, Rick could sometimes counter that. There's a story of – certain NCAA basketball player, I know a champion, he's playing in a, I think it was a four-on-four. Rick's one of his teammates and two other guys. They're, they're losing. Rick's upset. And so he, he Rick, Rick had nicknames for you. Okay. So one of the guys, he said, I know why I can't win. I'm playing with an Aztec, okay. an ass, and a salamander. <laughs> Now, the first two guys kind of figured it out. The first guy was kind of stoic. He wasn't, get, you know, expressing that emotion and that killer instinct that Sidney knows Rick expected from you. The one that, you know, he called that middle, that other yeah, name, yeah. He, 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 could be, he could be a challenge for somebody like Rick. Rick wouldn't hit you, but he'd get right up in your face if yep. you upset him. But my other buddy... To this day, and you know, all the guys have called and said, "Man, you got to tell this story or that story." He still can't figure out why? what is a salamander, <laughs> and why did he call me that? Yeah, I, you know what, and I wish that Rick could tell us because I think that that's hysterical. The part of 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 look when you talk about Rick Majerus, you don't talk about him as a player, but Reggie, when we're sitting in the, in the conference, you you said, "Look, when you played against Rick." If he had an open look, he could knock it down, man. He could shoot it. Oh, Rick could shoot the ball. Rick fundamentally, he was, you know, it was a slow motion movie, but Rick was fundamentally sound. He'd bring the ball up court and he'd be surveying the scenery. And if you, you just thought, I don't have to guard him, I can help out. I can go down low and, and guard Bill Neary or guard, you know, whoever it might be. But yeah, Rick would hit those shots and then your teammates look at you funny. <laughs> yeah, this guy's this guy's hitting shots on you. Hey, Sidney, last thing: after after you guys were no longer uh, together, and he moved on, uh, did you keep in contact much with him? I did. I did. I, every, in fact, every, everywhere he went, I somehow would find him, or 
and just check on him. Rick was, we can talk about basketball coaching. We talk, he was just a wonderful human being. And to me, that's the greatest compliment someone will ever be able to pay me when I'm gone because we all will at some point not, no longer be here that, hey, he was a wonderful human being. He cared about people, and he made my life and other people's lives better. Do you know, we've had Sidney Moncrief on for 10 minutes talking about Rick Majerson three times. He talked about how much he cared about other people. And I think that's the common thread. Joe Hauser said the same thing. Reggie, you've said the same thing. That's that's the common theme, I think, with this show today, is that how much he cared for people. And in his obit, when, he said every, when it said everybody considered Rick their best friend, Joe Hauser, yeah, I kept in contact with Rick. Sidney Moncrief, you bet I kept in contact with Rick. Reggie Harris, yeah, I kept in contact and followed his career. Again, a, a, a common theme where, where people thought, look, this is my best friend, and, and Rick had that capability. Sidney, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Happy 4th of July to you and your family. Thank you, Reggie. You guys be good, Mike. Bye. Thank you thank very you. much. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, Earl Tatum. He was an All-American for the Marquette Warriors. Looking forward to talking to him. This is the Majerus Family Foundation. Wisconsin High School Sports Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on 1250 AM, The Fan. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.